Founders face mentors and masters. I'm Captain Hoff, CEO of Founderspace, the leading global startup accelerator. I'm also author of the award-winning books, Make Elephants Fly, Surviving a Startup, and The Five Horses. This is Steve Hoffman here with the Founderspace podcast. And today I have a special guest, Michelle Prince. She is the founder and CEO of Performance Publishing Group and the author of The Power of Authority. Michelle, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, it is great to have you. We're going to have some really exciting conversation here, and it's all about the power of authority. So let's start with that. You wrote the book on it. What does it mean? So authority is actually a play on words. I am a publisher, so I believe that you can't spell authority without authors. That's part of what the book is about. But also that we all have the ability to influence other people. That's what authority is. And then how can we really leverage that to help others and build our business? So I have a question. So I'm somewhere, somebody out there, I have a lot of domain expertise. I'm an you know, I really understand. I think I have a lot of value I can share. Mm -hmm. What's the best way for me to get that out there? Because I know a lot of our listeners, you know, they want to share their knowledge, either just because they want to educate people, because they want to become better known, uh, because it's their business. A lot of some of them are consultants and they, they want, it's a great way to get new clients. What are the first steps they should take? First, you have to have clarity. What is your core message? There's no lack of things you could probably talk about or write about. So it's really getting to the heart of what is your core message and where can you really help people the most? So for core message, um, how, do you, how do you define that? So let's say somebody's a lawyer or somebody's a marketing expert. They have a lot of messages. They have a lot of stuff they can teach. How do they narrow it down to the core? I have an exercise that I do that gets to the heart of it. And it's a combination of passion and experience. Many times somebody thinks that their core message is if they're a lawyer, this, you know, about legal matters. And maybe it is, maybe it's not. That's your experience side. It, it has to be something that you are equally passionate about and have the experience in order for it to be an effective core message. So there, there's more to that, but that's essentially what that is to get to the core message. And would you also define it as something, some great insight that they have had, like in their career, that they have figured out something that other people haven't? Yes. I like to think of it as imagine yourself just one or two steps ahead of someone else, whether that's a business owner, another entrepreneur, could be a family man, it could be somebody in your community. But what could you turn around and share with someone personally or professionally that could help them either get there quicker, faster, better, or overcome maybe a, a step that you, you took yourself? <laughs> So, and then it would also, uh, you were talking about passion, but it probably also ties into life experience. Like you've had some experience, you can tell a story because I know a lot of it, it just isn't the information. Like people want their information. I mean, we, we digest information in terms of story, like a narrative that they tell. Um, I have my story about how I started my companies and I started Founderspace. And then, like you said, all of them fundamentally stem from th that core that, that core message I'm giving, but they take the form of these journeys, these stories. So um, I'm sure because you're a publisher, you are looking for the story, not just the information. Absolutely. Because look, there's, there's no new original thought out there, right? There's leadership books. There, there's, 
management, there's business building, there's all those things where you have your, your magic super sauce. There is the, the story behind it. So for me, my backstory is personal development. I worked with Zig Ziglar. I am so passionate about it, but I also have the experience. So that's a perfect combination. And it's a part of my story. That's how we help people to figure it out is, is the intersection of passion and experience and experience, by the way, does not necessarily just mean work experience. It's what have you been through in life, good or bad that you are passionate about helping somebody else go through. Yeah. I remember Zig Ziglar from when I was a kid. So like he's been around forever, like forever. Yeah. And you know, he was like the, the sales icon out there, like the guy who could really sell and, um, tell, tell us a little about your story with Zig and how that got you started down the path you're currently on. So when I was 18, I graduated from high school and my parents thought it would be a great idea to give me my graduation gift, uh, not a car, but a ticket to a Zig Ziglar seminar. <laughs> not a car. <laughs> not a car. Never did get that car, by the way. Your parents. Um, I know. I know. But you know what? I went and I went kicking and screaming, but that yeah. seminar changed my life. I literally walked up to Zig at the end of the conference because I loved it so much, found my passion. And I said, I'm going to work for you one day. You just wait and see. And it was literally almost five years to the day that I ended up working for him in the corporate office. That's a long, crazy story I won't go into, but that was the beginning of my career working for the most And what did you do man. for the Zigster? What did you I do? was in sales. I was, okay. their, I was their number one salesperson, salesperson of the year, you know, one of the years I was there. I mean, it was, And I what were you selling? What, what? So this is how long ago it was. Books, tapes. Remember back in the day when we did yes. set tapes? Yes. Um, we did books, tapes, we did seminar tickets to Born to Win. We also did corporate training and then we would sell Zig to go and speak. That's awesome. So yeah. you, you were you were selling for the sales master. So that's yes! a great apprenticeship. It's a great way to learn. Yes, I learned a lot. <laughs> and now, now you're helping uh, professionals out there sell themselves, right? Sell themselves exactly. through their books. And tell us about that. So you have this publishing business, you specialize in... in do you think virtually any professional can write a book or do they have to have certain qualities? I think everyone has a story, but it has to go back to the person reading it. What can you provide to somebody that is valuable information? And everyone has something, right? That in thinking about what do people ask? But books you? are pretty big. So, yeah, so, so, but, but they don't have to be though. So here's, here's what it is though. It's the authority that comes by being a published author, not necessarily what you write about. So whether you write a small book, a business card book, or a full book, or a chapter in a book, you get the same authority status as a published author. So how can you get that out there and leverage it is what we help our authors do is not just figure out what their story is, but how are you going to use it to build your business? Because you're not going to sell a million books. If that's your only goal, we're not the right publisher for you. We're looking for people that see their book as their business card. Yes. That makes, that's totally different. And what it shows is they can give that book out uh, to potential clients. It, like you said, it gives them legitimacy. They've actually sat down and written a book. Now, a lot of people, they have a lot of knowledge, but they really aren't writers. <laughs> so, <laughs> so how do you solve their problem? Oh, they're such great news. They're called editors and you don't have to be a great writer to be an author. In fact, most of the books, many, many, many books are not written at all. They are recorded. So what we're doing right now on podcasts, if I could tell you how many books we're doing right now for podcasters who are literally writing their book one episode at a time, you don't have to sit down and write and whatever you can get into a word document eventually goes to an editor and their job is to make it read really well. So the editor is almost the author because, well, of course, the person 
would speak at all during a podcast, but then there's somebody has to translate uh, that verbal, you know, dialogue or whatever they're engaged in into an actual readable book. Right. And there's ways to do it. So we have writers, collaborative writers that will interview people. But if, if done the right way, and if you have a pretty solid outline for a book, you literally can record it and then go back and add to it. And an editor is just going to clean up what you said. But if you need help with actually writing it, there are people that do that too. So don't let that stop you. It's that knowledge that you have, though, that somebody out there is, is searching for right now on Google. Yeah. So why so, not get it out there? So when they write these books, of course, they can put it up on Amazon and other ebook stores and place and they can, you know, ship out print copies, do the self-publishing route. But uh, beyond their immediate circle of clients and business prospects and friends, how do they get the book uh, known? How do they get it or, or do, should they even bother? Well, the truth is first-time authors generally sell about 500 books, and that's mm -hmm. usually within their network and their circle. So if that's the only goal you have, it's a very uphill battle. But if you look at your book as the business card, the door opener, it's going to open up opportunities to speak, to do consulting, to do podcasting. I mean, all of those outlets are looking for the expert, and the author's the expert. So it, it will open up greater opportunities to build revenue, but it doesn't come from one book selling one book at a time, in my opinion. Right, right. So selling a few extra copies isn't going to make a difference <laughs> in yes. the scheme of their 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 business. Yes. But having the book itself and using that as leverage as part of their brand, part of their marketing, um, who they are, really important. So I see this happening all you know, professionals all over the place. And um, are there any other tips you can give people out there? You know, from the power of authority, the book you wrote, um, or your personal experience. Um, into how to get their brand out there and how do you leverage this uh, authority that they create? I definitely. So what I see a lot is people who, who maybe they want to build their brand, they want to you know, have that authority, but yet they're not really willing to uh, they don't want to be seen out there or they don't want to make it about themselves. We, we deal with a lot of people with imposter syndrome. You know, who am I to to write a book? But I really think if you switch that around and think about all of the people that you're going to impact when you have a platform, you can't impact people without the platform. I, I look at a platform as the ability for people to want to hear what you say, as opposed to social media. Everyone's talking, but who's really listening? When you have a platform because you've proven yourself as credible as the expert because you're an author, then now people want to hear what you have to say, and it gives you that opportunity to build it. So I think of it as, and I have this whole framework I take people through that, you know, it, it starts with, yes, figuring out your story, but it's never going to be about the book. It's about your story. It's about you, and you are your story. you got to build that brand and build the platform. So in addition to a book, uh, which you is your core uh, area that you help people with. What other pieces of the platform do they need? Do they need what social networks should they be on? Do they need a podcast? You know, what, what other pieces form this whole platform? So in the last year, I've really shifted this. I love podcasting. It is definitely, as you know, that's how we met, right? Yes. I, I have my own podcast. I'm a guest on your podcast. And so I love that, that model. And I do think every author should be leveraging podcasting because that's what people are listening to. But it goes beyond that. An audio book. Don't just write a physical book. You have to have the audio book too, because a lot of people listen. I, then, I am almost audiobook exclusive these days. 
I'm the same. I still like to have a physical copy, but I do listen to it when I'm, when I'm traveling, but then also, you know, the, the, a place, a website, some sort of a central place you have to have social media. A lot of that though, depends on your audience. If your audience isn't on TikTok, you don't need to be on TikTok, you know, and vice, if they're on LinkedIn. So some of that is determining where, where are the people that you can serve the most? Yes. That makes sense. So Michelle, thank you so much for being on the Founder Space podcast. I want to wrap up by having you tell our audience where they can find you. Absolutely. Performancepublishinggroup.com is our publishing company, and we do free strategy calls. So if you're even considering writing a book or not sure you even have a story, take advantage of that. We would love to, to help you. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you liked it, hit the subscribe button and share it with your friends. You can help us create more great content by subscribing and sharing. Also, if you want to access our online startup program, our investor network, and our entrepreneur resources, just come to founderspace.com.